Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Ants. They're organized, industrious, and hungry. But in the undergrowth, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Empires of the Undergrowth is a fast-paced ant colony management game developed by Slug Disco Studios. Underground, you build your nest, construct tunnels, and store food. On the surface, your ants claim territory, gather resources, and clash with other colonies. Head to thenakedscientist.com forward slash empiresgame for more. So this is the only acoustically good place that you think we can record, is it? Well... What was wrong with the hallway downstairs? We've got no tiles. I sold everything else that we own downstairs. Stop selling stuff that we own on Facebook Marketplace. It's quite therapeutic. Yeah, but now we've got anything left. I know, but we get to buy more stuff. Yeah, but... Yay! The value. It's not worth it, everybody. Anyway. No, we're recording this, well, on the bed. In our bedroom. This is very um, intimate. Can you hear hear that outside? That's the rain and a car coming past. I feel like you just need to add some, like, you know, romantic music... I'm not paying for romantic put, music. Put for this the podcast. candles on. It's the middle of the day. <laughs> Shh. Oh, you ruin it. Sorry. All right, here we go. Is that the door? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the plumber. Didn't get far. I think he's come to fix the washing machine. False alarm. Got out of bed for that. This is the Naked Gaming Podcast with me, Lee Milner. And Chris Barrow. Oh, you ruined it. Anyway, what's coming up on this month's episode? We've been sitting on this for ages because we reviewed... Well, we've played lots of games, uh, but haven't been able to review them because Moving House. Uh, But no, we've got reviews of loads of new releases. There's Back for Blood, Zelda Skyward Sword, Pokemon Unite, another Pokemon game. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's also Death's Door, Mario Golf, Super Rush, and stuff like that. And Alex is uh, playing a game about plague. Whiz it round and wang a rock at the head. Oh, now I've been spotted. Uh, Yeah, that was the sound of me being decapitated, essentially. So he's going to be on our simulator of the month. But first up, let's start off with Lee Milner and some gaming news. Steam have released images of their new handheld console called Steam Deck. Essentially, it's supposed to be a handheld gaming PC, but with joysticks. The top end model is £569, which is more expensive than any next generation console, but it might just be easier to get one than a PS5. Steam Deck's multi-touch display, dual trackpads and gyroscope bring the full power of PC gaming to your hands. Vitalina Batsarashkina won a medal at the Tokyo Olympics in the air pistol competition wearing a Witcher medallion. She won two golds in the 10 and 25 metre events. How about that? The BBC's coverage of the Tokyo Olympics saw them sitting in front of a green screen in the UK and using the Unreal Engine to generate different backgrounds. Rest of world, 
is an important geographic area known for its random assortment of cultures, climates and uh, football clubs. Ryan Reynolds has confirmed that the football club he co-owns, Wrexham AFC, will feature in FIFA 22, listed in the rest of world category alongside AC Monza, AEK Athens and Benevento. Oh, by the way, Sony's accountants are happy again. They said we're thrilled to announce that as of the 18th of July in 2021, we have sold more than 10 million PlayStation 5 consoles globally. This makes PS5 the fastest selling console in the history of Sony Interactive Entertainment. Imagine just how many more they could have sold. Thank you, Lee, with the news. Stop kidding around, Snake. Now, this is an age-old argument. You know, how much time is too much time playing a console? Since the beginning of video games, I think, most likely parents have been saying you're playing for too long. I mean, how long did you play for as a kid? Oh, as long as I was allowed to play for. (laughs) It was normally a couple of hours, and we'd fight over who was... Because we had a PlayStation 2, and that was the console that really caused us to fight over who was having a go. I see. Because there was no co-op games, really. I mean, there were, but we didn't want to play them. We wanted to play SOCOM. I was quite lucky because for six whole years, I was an only child. So for six years, I didn't have to share with anybody. You dominated the console. I sure did, (laughs) until my sister came along. But it's all right, friendly competition and all that. Well, China have come up with um, an unusual way of uh, clamping down on online gaming. China believes that restricting gaming will improve young people's health and education. So... What will it mean for the country's thriving video game industry? And what evidence is there that gaming can actually cause harm to young people? Chris, you've been looking into this. China's video game regulator has announced harsh restrictions that limit how long you can play for. Now, if you're under the age of 18, you can only play for an hour on Fridays, weekends and a few select holidays between 8 and 9 o'clock in the evening. The regulator also instructed gaming companies to actively prevent children from playing outside these times, after fears that they've been cheating the system by using adult IDs. It's not the first time the authorities have targeted gamers in China. Some restrictions were brought in earlier this year, but these are the most severe yet. Recently, they branded online games as Spiritual Opium, specifically mentioning a game Honor of Kings, published by Tencent. Josh Yi is a gamer who writes for the South China Morning Post, He told me that these new restrictions weren't a surprise. From a gamer's perspective, because of the tightening of the entire sort of public debate arena, they know the target is squarely at kids. Gamers do feel uh, stigmatized and demonized in many ways, but then this is also not the first time that this has happened. This is more or less the status quo. So for teenagers, it's definitely, um, you know, if you're talking about a 15-year-old, 16-year-old, they are frustrated for sure. You know, I have like you know younger cousins who are of that bracket, uh, of that age bracket. They are frustrated, but at the same time, that you know the general sort of belief of society is that kids, you know, like parents, you know, they put a lot of pressure on kids to study, and then you know they're for the past couple of years, you know, this like looming thought that you know government's going to really clamp down on it because you know kids, uh, from their perspective, shouldn't be you know playing as much game. So what are some of the problem games in the eyes of the authorities? Tencent's Honor of Kings is um, the one that got the sort of most attention. So like that game was the one that framed as you know spiritual opium um, because it's the world's most popular game, even though 
unknown to most Western gamers. You know, it has it was the first game to average 100 million daily active users. It's readily accessible from from a mobile device, and uh, just you know became a sort of a social gathering activity among kids. Uh, last time I checked, it made 9.6 billion dollars since its launch uh, in 2015. So that's a absurd amount of money that made gaming in China has always been. A bit of a cat and mouse games between you know the government and the gamers, right? So like gamers know that this is probably not something the government encourages, but then the government sees like the economic benefits as well as you know gradually you know like Tencent and the like have become the world's biggest gaming companies, and、um, they are a great tool for、um, China to really so export their culture and be a medium to tell good China stories, and then to some extent they're confident that. The government wouldn't just was a flat-out ban it. The president of Tencent, Martin Lau, said in a statement: "The government does recognise the importance on the economic side and the social side of the internet industry, and also the contribution of the industry to global competitiveness. On games, I think the key issue at this point in time is still the amount of time and the amount of money that the miners spend on games, and this is an area that we are very focused on." If that can be achieved, I think that most of the criticism on the gaming industry will be resolved. So, is there any evidence that gaming is addictive? Professor Andy Shabilsky from the Oxford Internet Institute has been researching this question for many years. From a scientific perspective,、um, there's zero support、uh, for the idea that either restricting video game play to、uh, certain days of the week or to、uh, a certain amount,、uh, a magic number. Um, uh, would yield a, a positive effect on on mental health, on psychological well-being, or on kind of relationships between young people and their parents. And we find in other parts of the world where where measures like this have been enacted,、uh, such as in South Korea,、uh, where they try to to limit online video game play,、uh, you know, to maximize study time and and maximize sleep.、Uh, we found after an eight-year experiment there. Uh, pretty conclusive evidence that the intervention was a failure.、Um, so I mean, it, it, it's a bold move.、Um, I'm sure there are some parents who are are, are interested and whose ears perked up,、um, but it's certainly not a move that's、uh, supported in any way by the science. So what are people getting out of playing games? One of the basic ways that that we as humans learn about our world and and learn to be kind of fully functioning adults is is、uh, through through play. Um, and and video games are are a form of human play that is recognized、um, kind of globally and 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 by by the UN、uh, in the Charter of the Rights of the Child and it, it's it's pretty explicit that、um, that that young people are entitled to play and we we do know from you know ten decades of developmental psychology that uh, uh, young people who are able to play、uh, freely. Are more likely to be healthy, healthy people as they age. Some parents will say, though, that kids are simply playing too much. Does something kind of magical happen to to young people when they turn eighteen? Do they become, you know, able to resist the temptation of the digital world、um, because you know a, a, a clock strikes midnight? And the answer to that is obviously no. And one thing that could have happened is you've missed years of practice、uh, balancing video games or, or other online activities with your studies. And then you show up to university at eighteen, nineteen,、uh, and all of a sudden, 
you know, you're out on your own and you can play video games whenever you want for the first time ever. Uh, and, and games companies have been researching, you know, ways of making games more uh, immersive and attractive the whole time. So it, it, it hits you like a tidal wave. It's a bit like not letting someone practice riding a bicycle. Uh, and then when they're 18, just kind of handing them a, a U-lock and saying, good luck. The Chinese government hopes this move will create positive energy among young people and educate them with correct values. But with little scientific evidence to support the ban, whether it will work remains to be seen. Time for the reviews. I can tell you now, there's been so many games I've been excited to tell you about. Just a couple to mention before we get into the the meat of it. Fantasian was a game that Tony Fisher played with his son, Ollie. They've just released Fantasian Part 2 on the Apple Arcade. Mm -hmm. 60 more hours of gaming, which I've been playing on the tube on the way to work. Wow. Um, Wow. The problem is it's way too difficult. I'm struggling. I've never struggled with a game that's just too hard. You know, we talked about whether games should just be a little bit easier if you suck at them. Yeah. Well, I really think this is one of those games where (laughs) I I played the same boss over and over and over again. I feel like rubbish at this game. What makes it so hard? It's because you have to fight a boss and it's just boss after boss. Like, let's say it uses fire on you. You have Mm. to use fire resistance. But you don't know that the first time you play the boss. You haven't got it set on hard, have you? There is no setting. Oh, right. I know. I'm just just rubbish. (laughs) But my tip is find the robots. You'll know what I mean if you're playing it. The other one is Sky Children of the Light, which you played on your phone. Love it. It's coming to the Nintendo Switch. Yes. And they've also got a crossover event with The Little Prince, which is like a kid's book where the prince goes and lives on a planet in the sky. I'd never read it. It's a French book, Le Petit Prince. Anyway, I tried to play this extra content and for about an hour just couldn't find where it was. It is an absolutely incredible game. It's beautiful. Uh, beautiful game. The graphics are amazing. Ori. If you like oh, yeah, Ori. It's a bit like Ori, yeah. It's a bit like Ori as well. Very artistic. It's out now on the Switch and mobile devices as well. But like I say, if you can find how to get this Little Prince content, let me know because I can't find <laughs> we it. We don't know. I can't find it. <laughs> Let's go to the big games then. So Back for Blood has been in a beta phase and it's basically Left for Dead 3. You were excited about this one. Too excited. This is one of those where I stopped doing... DIY for about an hour and forced myself to, to find time to play Back for Blood. Now we don't need to do anything. All right, when was the last time you saw written in any numbers? Hmm? Another day in paradise. Is this why you were so upset when we had to take the TV back down for the fourth time? Yeah, I was very good. annoyed. I was Until in, the carpet fits Because the beta was running out. <laughs> <laughs> There's only eight hours left. I need to play as much as I can. But it's amazing. So it's like Left 4 Dead, four-player co-op online and you're killing zombies, but there's many more weapons. It runs a lot smoother. The zombies are much more difficult. Um, it's one of those games where you have to play it on a harder difficulty. If, it's, if you play on the easiest difficulty, it's boring. It's actually too easy. Oh, okay. You need to play it on super, super difficult, although that means you then have to rely on your online teammates who are often of very poor quality. The big question for me is, is it local co-op? No. Now, this is the rubbishest thing. That's not the a word. Rubbishest? The, the rubbishest thing. It can, be a, it can be a word on this podcast. Well, it's it's a, our podcast. It certainly is. There's no local co-op. Now, so the, I can't play with you. The, the, the whole reason you're excited about this is that we could play against each other. Yeah, well, you can play against each other if you'll have two separate PlayStations online, which is not something easy so to get. So we just need another PlayStation and another 5 telly. upstairs. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. But I would say that it's, it's worth playing, but I wish they had local co-op on it. It's coming out on the 12th of October properly. Uh, it's 50 quid for the cheapest version, but it's on all platforms except for the Switch. So look out for it. Pills here! Next up, it's Death's Door. 
is a hugely stylistic game. You play as a raven, and mm. you've got a massive red sword on your back. Mm. Uh, but I know you're not going to like it because it's an isometric view game, which means oh, it's a top-down no. view game. I hate these games. But it's so much fun. It's like a bit of hack and slash, and there's a lot of puzzles to solve. A little bit easy puzzles to solve, to be honest. Uh, but it's very similar to Hades, but the art style is kind of totally different, and the story is really cool. Um, it's a bit like Zelda, A Link to the Past. So if you're a fan of that kind of game... It's out now on the Xbox and Steam. It's only 17 quid. And in this day and age, for games that are awesome and really fun, 17 quid is really not bad at all. What, why do you like these sort of games? Because I think they look so out of date. What do you mean out of date? They're like, you know, you can play on an artwork kind of thing. Like they create these awesome levels and they're very, I don't know, stylistic. And the combat's really good. And I really like the story. You're a raven going around and you know, getting souls, and it's quite a dark game. Okay, There's a okay. Lot, lot of what would you give it out stuff. of 10? Oh, I'm going to give it a good 8 out of 10, and it's one of the ones that I'm, again, forcing myself to find time to play. <laughs> What's that available on, then? It's on Xbox and Steam only. Another Pokemon game. Yay! Well, there's more coming out this year, but... Did How we, many can you have? Did we need Pokemon Unite? Well, <laughs> this is a trailer for Pokemon Unite. <laughs> So this is like, um, they call it a MOBA game, and I think that that term can sound quite confusing, but it's a multiplayer online battle arena. That's what oh, MOBA stands yes. for. So think of League of Legends, mm-hmm. where you've got, you're playing a character, you've got three teammates, mm-hmm. and then you're battling four other people mm-hmm. on a map, and it's a little bit like a game of chess. Yeah. It's quite involved, uh, except that this one, you're playing with Pokemon. Okay. You, know, you can get it on your phone, mm-hmm. and you can get it on the Switch, and it's free. So what? Now, you do have to pay for additional characters in the game and stuff like that, but you don't need an online subscription, even for the Switch, because normally with the Switch games, when you play online, you have to pay that £18 a month. You Hang on. You didn't need that. What's the catch here? Nothing. It's really good. I found I hate MOBA games, and I found myself playing this for ages. I was playing as Pikachu, and I was destroying you know, other Pokemon trainers. I mean, probably children, let's be honest. Uh, but I was I was dominating them. In this, it's a five v five v five battle. Just imagine you playing. Die, die. Take that, Charizard! You idiot. <laughs> Little Charlie, there's like oh. Charlie playing as Charizard. Oh dear! It was so much better than it needed to be, mm. and I, I really would recommend giving it a go, especially if you like that kind of game. Now, it, it won't hook me back again and again because I don't really like MOBA games. But if you do, it, it's unbelievably good. Ten out of ten for MOBAs. <laughs> Ah, the most pointless game of the last few weeks and months. Mario Golf. Mario's friends and foes are going head-to-head in the great game of golf. With easy-to-learn controls, anyone can get a nice shot. Nice shot. How did that go, Chris? Mario Golf Super Rush. Let's not forget the Super Rush. Did you get a Super Rush playing this? The funniest bit was the advert on telly which they released where there was a child with one of the uh, Wii controllers waggling it around and it looked very dodgy what they were doing with it. I'll be honest, on the the telly advert, yeah. I have to watch that. I don't understand who this game's for because if you like golf, it's not serious enough to be a golf game, right? Mm -hmm. And if you like Mario, it's very unlikely that you're going to want to play golf with Mario. Didn't they release a tennis one? Oh, yeah, the Mario Tennis, yeah. But yeah. Mario Tennis is actually quite fun to play because tennis is quite a fast-paced game, whereas golf, you play against three other people, let's say. You hit your golf ball 
and then you have to wait for five minutes. Oh. Whereas in Mario Tennis, it's like bash, 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 next point. I see. So is this basically what we had with the Wii? Yeah, it's like Wii Golf, but with a Mario sort of painting on it, you know, Mario overlay on it. That you can also play as your me character. No, you know those ones yeah, which look me, like you. Yeah, now yeah. Mario and, and Peach and Toad and the rest in the game look quite good, obviously, because you know they've been around for a while. They've they've had good character models. When you're playing as your me character, you look ridiculous. You look like a Lego man. It's like or basic. <laughs> basic. Basic. <laughs> you look basic. Uh, I was entertained for about ten minutes, um, but what I would say is it's like Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, but you only get one sport. Whereas Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, you get Tokyo 2020. You get all the amazing, you know, if you're bored of the archery, you go running. If you're bored of the running, you get... Maybe you're an inspiring Tiger Woods. What, you want to be... So you think Mario Golf's going to get you there? On a rainy day like this, you could be practising inside. Anyway, what would you give it out of 10? It's a 3 out of 10. I don't get it. It should have just been tacked onto Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. I've just bought... It's only available on Switch. And it's 50 quid. Oh, wow. Yeah. Power up. Now, Retro Revival, something exciting happened. Go on. Streets of Rage 4 got some downloadable content. Mr. X's Nightmare. <laughs> now, you can battle the bosses in a kind of ever-increasing difficulty arena, um, but it's really just a great excuse to jump back in the game and have different characters that you can play as. So you can actually play as some of the bosses from the game and use them as your main characters. Mm-hmm. So it's just like having a bit more uh, kind of reach, a bit more excitement in the story. Yeah. I think it's like four quid to get it. So really... I mean- did it need this? Yeah, it needed this much earlier. I'm surprised it's taken this long to come out when it's really just a few new characters. But now that it's here, if you haven't played Streets of Raw, it's... Streets now, of what? Streets of Rage 4. It's a good <laughs> excuse to jump back in. <laughs> Zelda games have a history of having dodgy titles, right? Mm. This new one is called The Legend of Zelda colon Skyward's, Skyward Sword HD. I mean, that just catches you right from the beginning, doesn't it? (laughs) This is the beginning of The Legend of Zelda. The ancient tale of a time long past. And the origin of the legendary blade, the Master Sword. It's just a remastering of probably one of the worst Zelda games ever. Mm. Um, The controls are a shocker. Link looks weird. You know what Link looks like from Zelda. He looks like Pinocchio. Show me. What? It looks nothing like him. He looks like uh, scary. a badly carved out Pinocchio. To be honest, the graphics don't look great for a Zelda game either. Well, what's happened there? There's They've almost no remastering. Yeah. A bit. I don't know why they bothered to make this game. It just looks wooden. The There's no voice acting. It looks a bit rushed. It's, it's just hugely rushed. They've just released it because people want to play old games. This is a classic example of one that did not need to come out. I love Zelda games because they're quirky, but this one is too quirky. The characters are too weird. I didn't like it in any way. The camera is appalling. To actually play the game, one of the original complaints was that you couldn't play it very well because the controls were so bad on the... I think it came out on the GameCube or something like that. Shocking. How much is this? 50 quid on the Switch. Could not believe it. It's not even a classic game, so I don't think it deserved the remaster treatment. But anyway, avoid unless it's your favourite game of all time. What have we got? Now, I often wonder, Chris, how do you come up with which simulator of the month our good old Alex will play next? It just depends what the most current pressing issue is of our time. I mean, we were going to play our own simulator Mm. of DIY 
in the house. But because we've done so much of it, we thought, nah, it's okay. I really just couldn't even face the thought of that. But this next one that Alex has to do is a corker. Hello, Chris and Lee. It's Alex here. This month I'm playing A Plague's Tale, Innocence, which is free on the PS Store at the moment. It was one of the sort of given away games. Um, You know, immersive gaming is all the rage these days. You know, VR, haptic feedback and controllers. What could be more immersive than playing A Plague's Tale while you're riddled with the plague yourself? Yes, that's right. I have coronavirus. (laughs) So forgive me if I sound a bit dunged up. I'm feeling a lot better now. It was pretty rubbish for a few days, but I'm on the tail end of it, I hope. I've had my jabs, luckily. Get your jab if you haven't had one already. This is games by um, Asobo Studios, I think they're called. You might not have heard of them before. They mainly do um, adaptations of Pixar movies, uh, bizarrely. This is a bit of a departure from that. This is very, very serious. Essentially, you're, um, you are a girl called Amicia, with your brother Hugo. You're, it's kind of set in Renaissance France, I think, and pretty much out the gate, horrible things start happening to you and your characters. Uh, your dog gets eaten by rats within about five minutes. Within ten minutes, uh, your mum and dad have been killed by the Inquisition. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of... Those rats will keep coming back, by the way. So this is not quite Ratatouille, shall we say. Uh, a lot of the game is sort of distracting enemies and sneaking through. So I'm going to throw this rock at this um, bucket to distract this guy who's been shoveling snow. He's a sort of knight. Right, and I'm going to send Hugo across. Right, so now I've got to distract him again. And sneak over myself. This is a remastered version specifically for the PlayStation 5. It's got influences of The Last of Us too in the, in the fact that um, it's kind of got that crafting system where you pick up stuff in the environment and then eventually you get to basically like sort of workstations where you can upgrade your gear and things like that. There we go. Okay, right. I've got my rocks equipped and my sling ready to go. It's very satisfying as well, wanging a rock at someone, I've got to say. Uh, The other sort of enemy is the rats, as I say. They come in like these big kind of big waves. You can only keep them back with fire. Um, And essentially it's like, you know, the sort of swarm enemies that you probably get in like Uncharted or whatever. I think it's pretty gory as well. Um, When I sort of encountered the rats earlier, uh, they chewed this monk to death. (laughs) Uh, Basically, it was just his like torso left. Someone at this studio got sick of working on um, Pixar games and decided to do something completely different. A tale of French misery and gore. <laughs> That's, but I could see why they went for a plague's tale instead, you know. A, a, t- a tale of French misery and gore probably wouldn't, you know, sell as well. Give it a go. See what you think. Um, plague tale, a plague's tale, uh, Requiem, is due out early end of next year. So if you feel like, you know, uh, that you might play that down the line... Pick up this one now whilst it's free and give it a go. Alex Rhodes, my goodness me. I played a bit of this actually and I, I found it surprisingly good for a game that you can essentially get for free everywhere. It's probably better than Subway Simulator we once made him play. Oh yeah. Or the hair, was it the hairdresser one? Oh, hairdressing oh, sim, yeah. Oh, classic one. But this one, I showed you the rats in this one, do you remember? Yeah, they yeah. Were, they were really scary. Yeah. Someone has spent time creating... Uh, Rats being scared of light technology in games. Wow. So you, you flash your torch at them, or sorry, you flash your fire torch at them, mm. and then the rats retreat 
But then if you move away, then they come towards you again. Someone spent time making that. That's a pretty cool job. Can you imagine? Rat specialist. Maybe we should try and get one on. A rat? Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. (laughs) It's been a long week. And that's all she wrote. So many reviews this month, but there's been... I feel bad because... What's like, listen, right? This is what's happened. Mm. You've been playing all the games, I've been squeezing it in around life. And if and I just difficult. get if I just get my phone, I've got Dan the plumber, Dan the builder, Richard the carpenter. They mostly um, are called Dan, though, aren't they? M- most of them are called Dan, yeah. We've got oh no, Matthew's Matthew is a uh, Tyler, too expensive. Uh, sorry. We've also got a Dean. Dean the decorator. Oh, I like an illustration. They've got to be. I think that they just say, you know, whatever your profession is. Like, I'd be a carpenter because it'd be Chris the carpenter. Oh. You'd be Lee the lathe merchant or something. What would you be? <laughs> the what? I don't know. I just made it up. What would you be, Lee the, the... leaf blower? <laughs> we should tell everybody but the story of the leaf blower in our road. Oh, go on then. There's this. If you live in our road, you have to legally pay this company to trim the verges of the road or whatever, yeah. right? There's no choice about it. Yeah. Uh, and what they do is they send around this leaf blower guy, and because there are no leaves to blow, he just turns the leaf blower on and, and walks, he just up, walks and down up and down the road, making noise. We've uh, caught him on camera, and uh, he's, <laughs> should we put he's, it on? He's loving it. Should put it on Twitter. I should, shouldn't I? He's loving it. He's loving life. It looks like he's playing leaf blowing simulator because there are no oh, leaves. Yes, like a VR headset. What a weirdo! But anyway, yeah. I've been really busy with all the tradesmen, but I will be back playing with you when we've got games. that TV. Games. Yep. <laughs> goodness me x-rated wow i will be back playing the games once we've got that tv on the wall which should be by our next month's episode yeah and there's death loop coming which is super exciting i'm just getting a hold of that as we speak Mm -hmm. tribes of midgard's one that i want to try out Mm -hmm. and i think there's a few simulators that you might like to chance your arm at we'll give it a go right what we've got to do now you've got to tidy the bed now no the plumber's coming oh is he coming as well right Action stations, people! Ants. They're organised, industrious and hungry. But in the undergrowth, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Empires of the Undergrowth is a fast-paced ant colony management game developed by Slug Disco Studios. Underground, you build your nest, construct tunnels and store food. On the surface, your ants claim territory, gather resources and clash with other colonies. Head to thenakedscientist.com forward slash empires game for more. <laughs> 